ladies and gentlemen. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 113 of the Talk Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We're about to hop right on into this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on linktr.ee slash 2sweetpod. Also on Twitter at 2sweetpod and at omgcoreyb. On YouTube as well at omgcoreyb. So we're going to hop on into this thing. A lot to get into, ladies and gentlemen. Wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk about the Fresh Prince reboot. The NBA. Dame Dollar went crazy last night. So, first off, ladies and gentlemen, laughs of the week. And laughs of the week is retribution, man. Look, it has gotten, I don't want to say it's gotten out of hand. But, man, it has gotten crazy with retribution we had on Monday Night Raw. Retribution wreaking havoc, and man, they 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 I think it was the WWE office. They threw a cinder block through the office, and they threw a second cinder block through the office. Like, what the heck was that, man? What was even the point of the second cinder block? I thought that was so hilarious, man. Like, it just made no sense whatsoever. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we got the dummies of the week, the stupid idiots of the week, and it is Fozzy, ladies and gentlemen. It is Chris Jericho. Man, what is up with this? I see, what's that? The last week on Twitter or this week on Twitter, picture of Fozzy, full concert. People are stacked on all over each other. Masks are not being worn. Like, I don't know who's dumber. I don't know if it's Fozzy for putting on a concert in the middle of a pandemic, or I don't know if it's people that's risking the Rona to go see Fozzy in the middle of a pandemic like Fozzy really like who knows what kind of corona cases came out of that like not a good idea at all and you had Chris Jericho on Twitter trying to defend the whole thing and I'm like dude just 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 stop it stop it it was a dumb idea so those that's, that's the stupid idiots of the week as we hop into the podcast topic of the week ladies and gentlemen it is on retribution I put a question out on twitter what are your thoughts on retribution we had a couple of replies but twitter or either twitter or wwe had the tweet taken down because it had wwe video in it like everyone is posting wwe video whatever we're just gonna hop on into my thoughts on any because man retribution has been tearing all the club up (laughs) Man, and, and it has been interesting. They debuted on SmackDown, Rick Ramshack the joint, and I, everybody was interested. It's like, who's this new group? Uh, what are they here to do? And, you know, it caught everyone's attention. Monday Night Raw, you know, it, it still has everyone's attention, but there is a huge problem with retribution that needs to be addressed quick, fast, and in a hurry. Look, this group needs credibility. First of all, when we're talking about, and I'm never the one to get on size in wrestling, never. But if we're talking about a group in hoodies and it's supposed to be this evil, dark group, man, that is a small group of people to say they are evil and dark and ready to ramshack people, ready to beat down people, ready to tear stuff up, ready to tear the club up. Like, that's a small group of people. Like, you got to have somebody menacing in the group. That's just me. Uh, speaking on the credibility standpoint, 
every great stable has had credibility somewhere very early like when evolution got started the credibility was there with triple h and rick flair nwo hall and nash uh degeneration x Shawn michaels the horsemen all of them was credible so when, when i look at retribution and i see them looking like uh akira tozawa's ninjas they don't exactly look credible to me and they don't even have a face yet like what we need right here right now is we need someone to unmask because this is like quickly starting to lose interest amongst fans and like john cena once said i don't remember to the extent but he once said like when we've got an opportunity you gotta seize it and wwe had a hell of a or still has a hell of an opportunity with uh retribution but they gotta seize the moment and look man at the end of the day we need someone credible in this group like we need a big name man and like it can't just be some fillers from nxt like uh, in this in this instance like with, with nexus we got all the guys from nxt and they ramshacked the place and it, the storyline was built up from there like we can't just get some guys from NXT. We're all expecting it to be big. You have built up this thing now, so you have them in hoods. Now everybody is thinking like, oh, who could be the leader? And everyone is building up expectation. You don't meet, you don't meet those expectations. This is gonna fall flat. Another thing they gotta do is, man, can they attack somebody from the main roster? Like we we look at the Shield, for instance. Ah, uh, three guys coming up from NXT, and it's like they had a purpose they were here to right the wrongs of wwe so why they got so over is because they were attacking the main roster and it was entertaining television so like we got retribution and what is their motivation like what are they here to do is they are they here to just flip over cards and kick the car after it i could have put that in the laps of the week as well like we need some type of motivation we need some type of uh, angst amongst the main roster we need somebody to cut a promo like this is a situation and i'm always wanting to say well let it play out in this instance you need to do something fast because people are already starting to turn on it because the random acts of violence is like eh, on wrestling like we need something we need a storyline we need a purpose they need credibility so moving on man raw underground and i really hated that i couldn't do a podcast last week i wasn't feeling well i was pressed man because it was a lot to talk about in wrestling last week i one of them being raw underground and man i'm here to say that well it is different we do ask for, for them to think outside the box for once and man it's raw underground it's outside of the box but here's the deal man raw underground and you look at last week Shayna Baszler was out there we had a crotch grab but not, nevertheless Shayna Baszler being out there brought credibility to it in my estimation Shayna Baszler formerly in the of Mark, mixed martial arts excuse me like it was very believable out there so I enjoyed that but first of all we need stakes like we can't just have random guys this is another thing that's gonna get old quick we can't just have random guys backstage in a fight club like 
what are we doing there first of all it's, it's dark and it's gloomy out there it's like it's, it's, it's somebody's garage you just have a big guy just standing there guarding the garage like who's gonna come in and try to bust up the underground fight club which i expect in our cops which i expect in 5-0 to come up in there and to bust up the fight club that's just me but we're going to the point at hand it needs some type of stakes like are we gonna be fighting for a championship here um or are we gonna be incorporating feuds into raw underground we need something like that we need a title or we need credible feuds because we got guys just going around beating up each other and work shoots like not even a work shoot just 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 a plan you you go here i go there spots so like we need states but here's here's the deal man first of all we got to get shane mcmahon out of there too because whose bright idea was it to have shane mcmahon be the mouthpiece of all of this like it is not enjoyable to me i i, I hate the fact that what happened to the, the 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 hurt business like they said that we are taking over the raw underground now mvp and it's like next week it's like they are nowhere to be found we just dropped the storyline why did they do that because having shane as the announce guy it, it, it just does not work it comes off as very clunky and nevertheless the the 10,000 camera cuts as well that's clunky as well but we're not gonna go there there is a money match that can come out of raw underground and it could be for SummerSlam if they just get it going this week we had bobby lashley in there at one point if bobby lashley this mma guy if we built this thing up enough and and at this point it doesn't really need any building up have lashley dominate raw underground this week this monday this is what i would love to see and have him say who's next and then have brock freaking lesnar come out and let them stand toe-to-toe -to -toe at the end of the show we could have a money match one of the biggest matches in recent wwe years SummerSlam. here is what i propose i propose a shoot fight not a, not a, not a wrestling match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Who wants to see that at this point? I'm talking about a real MMA fight in a cage where it's a shoot fight and we got judges and everything. Lashley and Lesnar make it three rounds. That would be absolutely incredible. Like we, we don't have to worry about time because it's on the WWE Network. That would be a huge money gra uh, grab. And I'm surprised that WWE doesn't see this in front of their very eyes. Hopefully they will at some point because if you if you just think about this, you can't on air say that, you know what, they're fighting for real because that diminishes all of the other wrestling matches that we have going on. But the word can get out enough through some place, through Twitter, through our reporters that, you know what, this is going to be a real shoot fight. You would draw the MMA audience in because they know Brock Lesnar definitely and I'm pretty sure a lot of them know less uh, Bobby Lashley and the things that he's did uh, in MMA and Bellator as well so you would draw in an entirely different audience I think the, the, the WWE Network subscribers would spike through the roof at least for a month for this match so that's what that is what needs to come uh, out of Raw Underground that's just my opinion 
I'm moving on to another subject on Raw before we hop into some pop culture stuff and sports stuff. Poor old Dominic, man. Like, at one point last week, I kid you not, I was thinking, man, what happened to the savage beatdowns on the, on, in wrestling, man? Like, it made me feel some type of compassion. Like, I remember the days when the Four Horsemen, when I was a kid, they used to beat the hell out of Sting, man. The Four Horsemen, even before I started watching wrestling, they used to beat the hell out of Dusty Rhodes, man. Like, I missed that type of stuff because it made you feel compassionate. And we got that on Monday night. Seth Rollins. He's going to be facing off with Dominic. And look, man, I cannot wait. Because this is a match initially where I'm like, Dominic versus Rollins. And they've drawn me in bit by bit by bit. And uh, we had to beat down with that with the kendo stick. And man, Seth was beating the brakes off that boy like he stole something, bruh. And like, I, I, I loved it. We had whelps on Dominic. We we had him getting hit in the chest and hit getting hit in the back from Buddy. And it was absolutely well done. It made you feel compassion for Dominic. And I don't do this often. But a round of applause to WWE job. Absolutely well done. And I cannot wait to see what is next, man. So uh, that was tremendously done. So uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. But going back, stuff just... <laughs> can, at this point, the, the Kendo Stick guy has to be part of Dominique's uh, uh, gimmick. Because, like, man... That was amazing, man. I loved every bit of it. Even stuff that looking into the camera, looking at Rey Mysterio, asking if he enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into a little bit of pop culture and a little bit of sports as well that's going to mix into wrestling. First up, I'm watching the NBA, man, and throughout this whole NBA bubble. And, like, we have virtual fans in the NBA bubble and it comes to my mind like it was very weird at first but enough games go by uh, you get used to it and uh, we have virtual fans there and i'm of the mindset of this why can't we do that in wrestling like in in, in nba they bring out the crowd noise or whatnot and it fits and we should do that in wrestling i'm talking about make it happen put a big old screen up on the home side or on both sides if you want and put virtual fans in there like i think that would be an absolutely insanely great idea and i'm willing to bet wrestling fans would be all for it to be on screen on the home side and like obviously you can't hear what the fans are saying but it's it still would be a absolutely cool visual that i think WWE needs to go for and and let me be the first to volunteer for it like at this point i'd be doing dumb stuff i'm not gonna lie i'd just be on uh, virtual uh whatever uh, acting a fool i'm uh, trying to get a promo in trying to trying to put up uh, the two sweet podcast logo in my shot like uh, at this point yeah i'd, I'd act food but it would be very cool for wrestling fans to have a virtual like i don't know what company needs to hear this but bring us virtual wrestling fans make it happen Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of the NBA, man, what a night last night. Dame Dollar dropping 42 and 12 assists, if I'm not mistaken. 
uh, beating the Brooklyn Nets in what was a hell of a basketball game, man. The Trailblazers are going to take on the Memphis Grizzlies play-in game, and that's going to be excellent as well. But I'm here to give you my playoff predictions. I cannot wait to see what goes down, man. Uh, this is going to be absolutely fun. Looking at the Western Conference, man, whoever comes out of this playoff game, whether that be the Portland Trailblazers or the Grizzlies, Lakers in five, man. That's what is going to go down there. Like, uh, uh, look, that is that is just it. They're not beating my Lakers. That's all I'm saying. Lakers in five, man. Moving on in the Western Conference, we got the Jazz and the Nuggets and like man uh this is one is one of the most uninteresting series we got going on but jazz nuggets man nuggets is gonna get them out of there i'm gonna take that one to go to six uh jokic i like them nuggets just too much for donovan mitchell and rudy gobert nuggets and six uh mavericks and clippers i don't i can't stand the clippers i can't stand Kawhi, bro the clippers i'm they're gonna get them out of there in five games that's just my opinion Ah, uh, this like this is gonna be a very interesting uh, playoffs. Like a lot of things we got at hand here, and uh, I cannot wait to see how it turns out, man. Shifting the focus uh, to the Rockets and the Thunder. This is very interesting. What's Westbrook out for the first few games? We got beef going on. Chris Paul and uh, James Harden. This is like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I'm just saying they beefing like that. They got Chris Paul up out of town. It's like Bret Hart going to WCW. <laughs> you know I got to work wrestling somewhere into this. But Thunder in seven. Russell Westbrook out. I don't like that. And yeah, I got the Thunder in seven. Here, moving on to the East, we got the Heat versus the Pacers. TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. A lot of beef going on there. Uh, this is going to be a compelling series. Pacers without some bonus heat in heat in six. I'm gonna go with that. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we have who do we have next? The Nets and the Raptors in a series that absolutely no one is interested in. Ah, look, this this the, 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 the Raptors are gonna get them boys out of there in a sweep. I'm sorry, Ned, you played well, uh, but you don't have nothing for the defending champion Raptors. Uh, this should be, yeah, this should definitely be a sweep. I'm not going to give it any second thought. So moving on to 76ers and the Celtics, man. Uh, 76ers without Ben Simmons. So this is very interesting, man. Uh... I, if, if Ben Simmons was playing, you know what? I may give some thought to the Celtics, to the Sixers, excuse me. However, nah, nah, not without Ben Simmons. Six Celtics get them out of there in six games. That's just my open five at the worst. Uh, Bucks versus Orlando. That's going to be a sweep. I'm not even wasting my time on that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the NBA wrap up. It has been exceptionally, they have done exceptionally well in the bubble. So I'm very much looking forward to these playoffs. It is going to be a fun time. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, one more pop culture before we hop right back into wrestling. I was looking at Twitter, man, and 
I seen Fresh Prince trending. I'm like, okay, uh, obviously, you know, something didn't, didn't, didn't happen. Maybe uh, HBO Max added them. I think HBO Max already has them. So maybe somebody else added them to the, to the, to the lineup. And it comes out that it, it is an official Fresh Prince reboot. And this goes back to Morgan Cooper is going to be involved in this. He was the fan that made a fan fate, fan made trailer of what Fresh Prince would be like in his in what in his words of what Fresh Prince would be like if it happened today. And it was made up as a drama. And look, I'm not here to knock a, a, a re- reboot. I'm, Will Smith is gonna be involved. I'm not here to knock it early, but. Fresh Prince as a drama is just not for me. Is it like I'm gonna give it a chance? I'm gonna watch it on whatever platform that they bring it on. I'm gonna give it a fair chance. But Fresh Prince, when I think about Fresh Prince, I think about laughs. Like, like I'm not thinking about uh, drama. It was rare if you talk, if you talk about the top moments of Fresh Prince. It'll be funny things. Like you might have, if you're talking about the top moments, we'll talk about his dad leaving him. That would be amongst the top moments as far as drama goes but that's about it i don't want to see fresh prince as a drama even if it were made in 2020 i think it would still be a comedy that's just my take so i'll give it a chance but fresh prince as a drama like nah i'm I'm not feeling that that's that's just me so moving on ladies and gentlemen speaking of some something that i wasn't feeling Last week when I was watching NXT, not the most recent uh, episode of NXT, I'll hop into that um, later on. But last week, I'm watching and it's the Undisputed Era versus the Imper- versus Imperium. And I'm like, man, this is going to be an excellent match. And they're making everything about Pat freaking McAfee. Like, uh, McAfee, McAfee, whatever. They're making it about this guy. And I'm like, bro, really? Pat McAfee? And... and, and what we got was pretty interesting, I'm not going to lie. We got Pat McAfee and Adam Cole getting into it. Pat McAfee with the punt to Adam Cole. And I thought it was funny that Shawn Michaels was over Adam Cole like he just got shot or something. Like, come on, Shawn, really? He just took a punt to the chest. Not even a Randy Orton punt to the head. It was just to the chest. Come on, man. But we have this this matchup that's going to pl- take place at takeover which is just mind-boggling to me because when i originally seen the back and forth on pat mcafee's show i was like well they got attention but it's not like they're gonna get up and fight i mean who would want to see that and lo and behold it's gonna go down at takeover and i'm just sitting there like bruh um really this is what we're doing like pat mcafee is a good heel i'll give him that but once we get inside the square circle, it's like, eh, a one-on-one match, I'm not confident in it whatsoever. I don't have any real interest in the match itself. They've done a decent job at best with building up interest in the feud. But Pat McAfee, a punter? Like, this is what we're doing here, man? Like, Pat, I, I, Pat McAfee would be a good manager. But we're putting him in the ring. Is he going to be better than Lawrence Taylor? Is he going to be better than Jay Leno? Like, I don't know. Like, is he going to be better than Snicky at WrestleMania at that time? Like, I, I don't know about this one. I don't know, but we'll see how it turns out moving forward. Speaking of something I do know, Mandy Rose is signing the bill. This is the best women's feud going on SmackDown. And I just got to give a round of applause to these ladies. 
because they built it up really well. Uh, I didn't like the Miz and Morrison segment uh, that they had. I thought it really diminished the feud, but they built it up back again. We had the brawl between Mandy uh, and Sonya Deville, and I thought that they did an excellent job with that. This is a match, it, just in my humble opinion, it doesn't need any titles. This is a match that the, the best women's feud going on. So I got, it needs to take place at SummerSlam. That is my opinion. Like we'll see who wins the battle royal because we're gonna have a battle royal to see who faces Bailey at SummerSlam. I hate that. That feels like really lazy to determine a, a, a number one contender at, at SummerSlam, one of your biggest big views. We can't even have a build for it. And we're gonna just do a random battle royal. Hopefully they make a good choice. Any one of these ladies would be a good choice, but we have a tremendous feud going on right now with those two ladies, so I don't imagine any of them winning it. This has been a phenomenal feud, and speaking of phenomenal, man, Wrestle House, Impact Wrestling, I'm about to jump into a few things, Impact Wrestling, uh, and uh, first up is Wrestle House. Wrestle House has been absolutely amazing, man. Like, uh, when it first came out, and Wrestle House is kind of like a, a reality TV show wrestling. And you just got to watch Impact Wrestling to understand it. Uh, like, uh, when it first came, I'm, I was like, oh, man, I don't know about this. Uh, reality, I don't know if I want reality TV in my wrestling week-to-week uh, -week wrestling. And it has worked, man. The greatest thing about it is, yes, it feels like reality TV, but... We get wrestling matches, actual matches in the show. So that's what I love most about Wrestle House. I become a Wrestle House stand. On the latest Wrestle House, we had Steve and Rosemary, and I'm like, okay, are we getting a, a, a reunion uh, here? And I'm like, is a DK reunion? I'm like, okay, I'd like to see that. Yeah, the Jake date with Susie. That was funny. And we had a match between Susie and Alicia. Great stuff going on all around. And they even had the temerity to build up a championship match for Emergence that's coming up. Impact Emergence. Uh, that's coming up. So stay tuned for that. Taya Valkyrie versus Smiley Kali Ray for the title. And uh, I'm interested, man. Russell House is like when you watch Impact. You get two viewings, the, the regular show of Impact and Wrestle House, two entertaining viewings and uh, two entertaining shows, excuse me, in one viewing. They are doing an excellent job. Speaking of, of emergence, man, like we, we, we're going to have a 30 minute Iron Woman match at emergence. Deanna Perrazzo uh, versus, uh, excuse me, Jordan Grace kind of had a brain freeze right there, but they had a tremendous match at Slammiversary. I excellently done. So I'm very much interested to see what they pull off at Emergence. A 30-minute Iron Woman match. I was like, I was kind of shocked to, to realize that, you know what? That's the first time in Impact Wrestling that that's happened. Given all the great women that we've had in Impact, all the great matches that we had in Impact, we've never had a 30-minute Iron Woman match. I think it's going to be outstanding. Speaking of outstanding things, man, uh, the North. You know, I've come to appreciate the North even more after they've lost the championships, man. We had a great video. Uh, them, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, the Machine Guns as well. Great video package hyping up their match for Emergence and... Man, 
Ethan Page can cut a promo. That dude is super underrated when it comes to cutting a promo. Also, Josh Alexander as well. Tremendously underrated when it comes to cutting a promo. These guys are way entertaining. One of the most underrated tag teams. I've been saying this for a good while now. One of the most underrated tag teams in all of wrestling today. That's just my opinion. So, I'm interested to see how that goes on. And speaking of interesting things, man. Brian Myers made his Impact Wrestling debut versus Eddie Edwards. I'm not a big fan of the World Championship being in the Open Challenge because I feel like, hey, that's the World Championship and it's kind of hard to put up a World Championship feud if we're having a match every week. That's just me, but the Open Challenge has been going pretty decently. I must admit, Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards had a really good match and it was a really good debut for Brian Myers. He took the World Championship to World Champion, excuse me, to the limit. And we'll see what AEW does for him here. It's amazing what can happen when you have a serious gimmick, not a losing gimmick that he had in WWE. Like, I I think dumb gimmicks should just not have a place in wrestling. If you see that something is clearly not going to work, why continue it? And that was what they were doing with Brian Myers in WWE. And I'm like, why keep, keep that up? But I'm happy he's an impact and I'm happy that that guy is doing well. He deserves the best. And I'm going to jump in some, into something here that, that makes me upset, man. And just, man, hashtag give AEW women a chance, man. I'm about to jump into AEW and NXT, the full shows. But first, I want to hop up on the AEW women, man. Not necessarily the women, the people that are booking the women. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, the champion gets two minutes in her match, man. And uh, the last week on AEW, I forget what the match was the week before, but that got like two to four minutes as well. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, uh, Here's my, my biggest problem. The Young Bucks, the Bookers, uh, to my knowledge. It could have changed by now, but to my knowledge, the Young Bucks are booking the Young Bucks matches last for God knows how long. Every week on Dynamite, especially on pay-per-views, they have these 20, 30-minute matches. On Dynamite, it's like 15-minute, 20-minute matches. And book yourselves to have these long matches. But you can't cut some of that down to give the ladies a nice 7, 8-minute match. We, can, we can't do that. Like, I think the, the women aren't getting a fair shake in AEW, and that goes all the way to the Tag Team Cup. I'm like, man, why are we doing this on YouTube? And, like, Brandy made a decent point to where she was saying, you know what, we're doing it on YouTube because now we have our own show. We don't have to worry about our minutes being cut down. I understood it, but it's on YouTube. Like, people just don't remember that, especially when... You look at AEW Dynamite and they're not really hyping it up. We might get one segment talking about the tag team cup, but the announcers are never mentioning it. And it's like they're not really hyping it up. So people missed out on that, man. It's on YouTube. Who remembers like to watch that every Monday? Like not a whole lot of people are not. They have their audience, but not everyone. Not as much as it would be if it were on Dynamite. And I know a lot of people say, well, what are you going to take out? Well, you don't have to take out anything. Just decrease some of these match times and the women would have a chance. Like, 
AEW, I wasn't as hard as on their women's division as people have been because I saw something there. And when they got the time, the matches were entertaining. So give them a chance, bro. Give them, give them some time. Like uh, they got one, two minutes. All they can do is sit there and do a couple of spots and then have a roll up for a win. Like, and with the, another problem that I have, I don't mean to be too tough on them. It's like we get the one women's match a week, and it's like that goes for two minutes. When I look at other companies, man, when I look at what NXT is doing, when I look at what Impact is doing, we have multiple women's matches a week, and they are getting time, man. Like, find a way. Don't tell me there's not a way because we have too many matches. Not find a way for the women to be a strong point of your company and not a weak point because of the fact that you're not giving them enough time excuse me so moving on into the show aw dynamite man uh i thought that it was a decent show at best we had the bucks versus the dark order and i don't know if it's just me but i I just cannot buy into the dark order first of all like i I absolutely love Stu grayson but evil uno always to me they tried to have him come off as this evil, dark mastermind and this menacing guy. And when I look at Evil Uno, he's not menacing. That was the problem from the very first time that I saw them at Double or Nothing. From I'm seeing the very first AEW pay-per-view, I saw them and I'm like, these guys are not very menacing. They're supposed to be dark and like it's not connecting with me and it never has and it still doesn't. And it doesn't hurt that also the fact that they keep punking the Dark Order out. People are beating up their members left and right every week. So that has me out on the Dark Order as well. The Bucks will get the victory here. Now that was the right result. But they got to do something with the Dark Order, man. Moving on to MJF, man. This guy's been out of his mind with his promos lately. <clears throat> and he cut another good one on John Moxley. Ah, I talked about John Moxley wasn't there. Just about John Moxley was afraid. We even had MJF laying down at one point in his promo. This guy has been money, man. Uh, Moxley obviously came in, hit him with the paradigm shift, and the promo was over. But I'm very intrigued. MJF versus Moxley at all out. I think the time is now. I thought the time. I thought they should have put the title on Brian Cage. That's just me. But uh, look at. I liken this to. Uh, Drew McIntyre, John Moxley, champions in the pandemic era. Like, it just hasn't connected. Maybe it's because we don't have fans, but it just hasn't connected. And I feel like the time is now for both of them to drop the titles. Drew to Randy Orton, uh, MJF, I mean, uh, Moxley to MJF. Now, I feel like the time is right. MJF is on the road. Uh, we knew at some point this guy was going to get in the heavyweight title uh, scene. And we knew that, you know, what, this is going to be a multi-time heavyweight champion for AEW at some point. So why not now? Why not now? Let the guy get on the roll. Let him win the championship. Eventually, he can drop it at some point. But let him have a nice, lengthy reign with the championship. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We had Scorpio Sky versus Cody Rhodes. And... This is a match. When they were both coming out, when they announced this, uh, when they stood off with each other the week, not this last week, but the week before, I was like, okay, that would be an awesome match at All Out. And come to find out that, no, it's not going to go down at All Out. It is going to be a 
match on the Cody Open Challenge. And you guys already know that I'm starting to sour on the Open Challenge because just like with John Cena, it's Cody's going to win. Like, it's going to be an excellent matchup. But you have no faith whatsoever that the person that is in the open challenge is going to win. So you never buy any of their near falls. Nevertheless, it was a nice match. I enjoyed the psychology here. Um, Scorpio Sky working over Cody's ribs. Uh, we had some decent near falls. None that I really bought into. Uh, we had a superplex pin near fall that, that Scorpio had. And it was a fun match. I didn't really feel like it got enough time. Cody picks up the victory. And we have Brody Lee. He cuts a promo. He has the old TNT title. And guess what? It is going to be Brody Lee versus Cody at all out. The Dark Order needs something. Normally, I would say, you know what? Cody needs to keep that title. Let's 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 have a lengthy reign. Let's build. Let's, let's have a sustained reign to build some relevance to that title. But put the title on Brody Lee. You might draw a strike. Well, I can't say the iron is hot. The iron has cooled down because they had him lose his first big match. You gotta build that guy back up to where he was when he debuted. So give Brody Lee the win. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy versus Hangman and Omega. Look, I, I, I'm just saying, I'm getting sick and tired of Marco Stunt, bro. Like, he, he, in every one of these Luchasaurus Jungle Boy matches, we do not have to have a Marco Stunt a spot. Like, and it's becoming multiple Marco Stunt spots in every match. And we have this weird thing where the referee kind of looks over it sometimes. And I'm like, well, man, that's a disqualification. Don't just look over it. So, like, no, man, the Barco stunt spots are just becoming too much for me. Uh, he's drop kicking people and uh, he's getting ran into. Like, ah. Uh, but moving on to the match, it was a decent match. Match picked up uh, very greatly. Hangman and Omega got the win. Of course, uh, at some point, when are we going to break these guys up? Because I'm looking at the tag division and I'm like, okay, I like to see the Lucha Boys with the titles. Uh, but when are we going to break these guys up? They're doing good, but it, it, it's time. It's time for those titles to come off of them at all out. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's time for those titles to come off of them. And it's time for Kenny Omega, man. It's time for him to be that guy. I'm not here to, I'm not here to be, be the person that said that, oh, AEW is not doing anything with Kenny Omega. He's a tag team champion. They're doing something with him. But when they do split up, it's time for Kenny Omega to become the face of AEW that I thought he was going to be when they signed him. So, yeah, it is very much time for Kenny Omega to be that guy. Move on. We had Tag Team Appreciation Night. We had that promo and you had the Bucks. You had FTR putting over uh, Orn and Tully putting over the Rock and Roll Express. But Tully stole the show here, man. Tully Blanchard. It's like, bro, y'all kissing each other's behinds, but ain't none of y'all got titles. And I jumped up and said, thank you, Tully. By the time somebody said it, and like, uh, things broke down. And it turns out, man, FTR out of nowhere laid out the Rock and Roll Express. I'm like, man, how about that? We got these small little teasers that FTR and Orn are aligned. Tully may be aligned. And like, even though Tully and Orn had their tip-taff uh, on in this segment, 
and we'll see what happens there. But the four horsemen, everybody is thinking it, man. Everybody wants to see it happen. We shall see, man. Ah, but moving on, we had that match. Sheeta versus Heather Monroe. Just not a match that I liked. Went two minutes and like I, I had I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Sheeta got the win. And give these ladies more time, man. They deserve and they need more time on television. Moving on, we had Lance Archer randomly beating up people backstage, and apparently he has a weird fetish for writing on Jake Roberts' uh, back. Uh, it said everybody dies, and I'm like, okay, that's not weird at all. Like, why are you writing on Jake's chest? We're going to move on. Moving on to the main event, it was Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, and from the start, I like the fact that it was no games. Orange Cassidy. That was something that I didn't like, but from the start, I like the fact that Orange Cassidy was coming out guns blazing. Like, it wasn't no games for Orange Cassidy. He wasn't playing around. He was trying to destroy Chris Jericho. One thing I didn't like was you can't go... I don't have a problem with the Orange Cassidy gimmick, but it, it, it doesn't fit for everything. Like, he's going up to the top rope, and he's fiddling around for his pockets to put his hands in his pockets. And I'm like, just dive man like uh, the, the orange cassidy gimmick doesn't fit for everything you're going up to the top rope just make a dive make it simple but looking at the match overall it was kind of clunky for me like not the greatest showing from chris jericho in my opinion and it, 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 it didn't help that the finish was clunky as well they got the result right because it was a now and never situation for orange cassidy and like Orange Cassidy picks up the win, but the match itself, the ending, I didn't feel whatsoever, but I am happy that Orange Cassidy got the win. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to close out the night, we're going to uh, close out this podcast, excuse me, we're going to talk about NXT and we had first up Killer Cross versus Danny Burch. I was surprised that they let Burch get in any offense whatsoever, but Quilla Cross picks up the victory in like two minutes and extended squash is what it was. But Keith Lee comes out, cuts a fire promo. I don't know what got in the Keith Lee, man, but his last couple of promos have been like his best in his NXT career. And uh, he did it. Killer Cross's name on the paper. Killer Cross signs. Keith Lee gets back, looks at it, and it is a fireball in his face. Like, I haven't seen a fireball in wrestling in years, man. They used to pull that stuff out when I was a kid, man. Jerry Lawler used to pull that stuff out a lot. And it just used to shake me as a kid. Oh, fireball, what the heck? And they pulled out a fireball, man. I got to give them credit for that. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And the memes just came out, man. We had the meme with Keith Lee. Ah, uh, <laughs> It bandaged with his eyes bandaged like there were so many memes that came out of this and captions that came out of this it was just amazing Keith Lee was on fire like job well done they continue to build that feud well even though I still feel like they are in a absolutely no win situation there where one of them has to lose and it wouldn't look good for either of them to lose in that matchup moving on we had Drake Maverick versus Killian Dane uh, this match didn't go very long. The Undisputed Era came down. They laid down a beatdown on the both of them. Adam Cole cut a great promo on Pat McAfee. I've broken that down, and we shall see how that turns out. We're going. We had Santos Escobar versus Tyler Breeze. It was a good match. Uh, Escobar gets the win due to interference, 
But the post-match saw Fandango come down. He took a beat down as well for his troubles in the band's uh, sling and all. But Swerve Scott made the save. And it's looking like we're going to have Swerve Scott versus Escobar for the Cruiserweight title at TakeOver. And I am all for that match. That is going to be a sneaky, sneaky match of the night candidate. We had, I like the moving on, we had... The Dakota Kai and Io Shirai video packages hyping up their matches. I, I like the both of them, man. Dakota Kai talking about how she didn't need a friend. She didn't need an insurance policy because she will win at TakeOver 30. Io Shirai talking about how Dakota Kai is just a user. But she's pissed off now and she's going to win. I am hyped for that match. Like, clearly Io Shirai is going to win here. But, I mean, Dakota Kai is coming in up there to get a behind whip. But it is going to be an excellent match up nonetheless. And moving on, we had Indy Hartwell versus Mia Yim. And not a whole lot going on in this match because it was built around, you know, they had, they had the interview beforehand where it's like, Mia, what do you think about Keith Lee? And that was built up uh, more than this matchup was. Mia, Mia Yim gets the big three as well she should have. Moving on, we had Damian Priest versus Bronson Reed. Big boy. I'm not calling no grown man big boy. I'm sorry. Uh, but surprisingly enough, we had what was a really good matchup that I enjoyed. Arguably the matchup of the night. And Bronson Reed actually picked up the victory here, man. I was expecting Damian Priest to get the win, but we had some great spots in this match, including a springboard somersault by Priest. Job well done in this matchup. Great near falls, great match up. We're going, we had Casey Kenzo and Kaden Carter versus Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, we had Robert Stone running his mouth at the beginning of the match, but nevertheless, I wasn't really into this matchup. Uh, at the end of the day, the Robert Stone brand gets the victory. Uh, Martinez won it with an air raid crash, and eh, hey man, like I, I, I'm, I'm feeling that they're trying to build up the Robert Stone brand. We'll see how it turns out. But dude out here looking like Don King. I'm just, I'm just saying, bro. Dude looking like Don King. Uh, taking out everybody's money and he's just trying to get clients left and right. That's just me. You don't know who Don King is, Google him. But we're going real Ripley makes the save and or excuse me, comes out looking for a fight uh, with Robert Stone Brand. Our Shotzi Blackheart was the one that made the save for real Ripley. So we'll see how this all uh, turns out going forward. Uh we'll see. And also what we saw in the main event, man. We had Kushida, we had Grimes, and we were waiting like, who's the mystery guy? Who's the mystery guy? And it is Velveteen Dream, man. And, like, there's a lot of people that didn't like this because, and rightfully so, might I add, we got these pending allegations, pending whatever's going on with Velveteen Dream uh, about him seeing, sending uh, explicit pictures to kids. And that stuff is still going on because look man i was watching this and it was i watched this after i watched uh, this main event after i watched AEW, and when velveteen dream came out i'm like um did that stuff ever get settled and i get on twitter and no 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 it's not settled. that stuff is still out there and wwe still put this dude out there and i'm like what are you thinking 
what did, what, what did she think? And, and I'm, I, I can't say that I'm surprised because I've seen WWE do lower than this. So it's not surprising to me. Uh, at the end of the day, like you cannot have that guy on TV. What are you thinking, man? But to the match, man, it was a very enjoyable matchup, man. It really picked up after the picture and picture break. Kushida was running wild in this matchup. Uh, I got to say that WWE or NXT has done a phenomenal job at making you guess in these matchups. All of these triple threat matchups have had a face that, you know, okay, this is the for sure guy that's going to win. And the for sure guy never wins. The for sure guy didn't win here. Cameron Grimes picked up the victory. And we'll see what goes on with him. The matches will continue. Uh, we have Velveteen Dream beat down Kushida, Kushida, excuse me, and he faced off with Finn Balor. We'll see about that. And they're going to be in a triple threat as well. I cannot wait to see how that turns out. Velveteen Dream, man, like, uh, uh, you got to get that guy off the TV. That's just me. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Too Sweet Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Too Sweet Pod and at OMG Corey B.